0: This is The After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. It's live, and it's
1: unrehearsed.
0: <laughs> it is unrehearsed. I don't know if you picked All up All mistakes
1: on that. are, you know, just gonna happen as they're gonna happen, because we're doing it live. on the
0: edge the way she likes it.
1: That's right. I mean, if you don't have that little thrill, that little adrenaline rush, right. what's life about?
0: Nah getting things right
1: <laughs> overrated do you have happy... your holiday greeting
0: ready for the after party
1: no i have no idea what i'm gonna say
0: oh, oh okay
1: happy holidays well, merry christmas okay you're done the end no yeah. i'll i'll push 30 seconds out of it it'll be all right yeah, i mean yeah. you know this is what we do here right
0: yeah low no. budget you know production
1: <laughs> john daly hi welcome to the party Hello. how are you Welcome to the party, everybody. If you could start by clicking the like button, we'd appreciate it. And if yeah. you're here and you haven't subscribed, well, we'd appreciate you clicking subscribe as well. And We've if got you're watching, some... you're probably here. If you're watching, if you're here. <laughs> you might be
0: mentally checked out. If
1: you're here, but you haven't. Yeah, no, we appreciate you spending the afternoon with us. We've got one hour of some really fun stories. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and a great Thanksgiving weekend. How was yeah. your weekend, John Daly? Did you have a lot of leftovers?
0: Yeah, I had like uh, two doses, two doses of the turkey whole, the whole package, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Um, my mom, I think I mentioned, my mom ran out of uh, Tupperware, so I had like these yeah. little, there's little tiny cubes of whipped cream, and I finished <laughs> them off. And uh, my diet kind of like plateaued, and uh, we're holding though, we're holding.
1: It's all right. You'll get it back. You'll get it back.
0: Yeah, those, well, it's only like two and a half pounds. I'm okay.
1: I well. We do have something to thank. Something big did happen over the weekend. Oh. And that was a Friday night super sticker from Dodge what? Guy, C-A-S-J, uh, with a $20 super sticker. So thank wow. you. I should thank note you. that the super sticker, super chats are open here on the after party. And we have a PayPal link as well. You'll find it in the show description. And of course, it is a big day to save money. It is Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday the uh cyber monday deals when i looked at what's trending on google today just to check what people are talking about well the after party's like half off is is that what it is Uh the cyber monday we're in the bargain bargain bin deals they are um they're trending on google everyone's looking up where are the best deals to save money and i did find this i don't know if you've seen the rossin report i've never seen it before but i just found it report rossin r-o-s-s-e-n rossin report well mr rawson gives a report and today he talks about the best ways to save money on cyber monday and one of the things he said which i didn't know and maybe you guys knew this experienced amazon shoppers that if you are shopping on amazon make sure that you're looking he says for the orange coupon banner and right next to it it will say what percentage off the coupon will give you in green and you need to click on that box in order to get the coupon applied at checkout Amazon won't do it automatically. So don't forget yeah. it. You have to actually click on the coupon. And I did not know that. So
0: you say coupon. Yeah. I've been say? called out. I say coupon, and other people have called me and are like, no, it's coupon. It's coupon, not coupon.
1: Well, it's not C U P O N, coupon, coupon. It's I don't know. Q- tomato, tomato. I don't know. I don't know. You know, that's on one it. of those things like how you say it how your parents said it. Yeah. You know, and I don't think either is wrong. Yeah, like my um, mom's
0: uh, English is her second language, and mm-hmm. I picked up a couple things I wasn't re- I didn't realize. Um, I got called out by somebody, I think it was in college, I got all the way through college before somebody noticed. I pronounce M I L K milk, like M E L K milk, milk, milk.
1: Yeah, that's common, or maybe you um, called me
0: out. I don't know, somebody called I me
1: out. I might have, I don't think it was me. Uh, my husband called me out because instead of saying skull, like with my U's sometimes, yeah. um, I say something else like school school school.
0: That's like cheers in um Scandinavia. School. Oh really? School. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. just in the wrong place. It's five pm somewhere. Yes. Yeah.
1: I have to really work on pronouncing my use properly. Um but he says hunter, so with no D yeah. and a T on the end. So, you know, that's very Michigan, I guess. Yeah, I think there's that's n- more
0: embarrassing. He's not Midwest.
1: Watching that. Hunter Hunter. Uh there's another <laughs> tip. Hunter
0: Park. Hunter.
1: Runner. <laughs> um there's another tip that mr Rosson has and that is if you can instead of having things delivered to you click if you're going to do online shopping on cyber monday click pick up in store it'll save you a bunch of money on shipping if you have one of the stores near you and you can pick it up in the store no but it does work on uh, with other stores like like maybe you find a a sure cyber deal at Target, Target or Kohl's Target. or whatever's near you, then, you know, yeah. that, that can help. Um, and he says to remember to keep your receipts that not only for returns, but also if it goes on bigger sale later in the holiday season, mm. most mm. of the time, if you save your receipts, you can ask the retailer for a price adjustment and most of them will actually do that for you. Very cool. So, yeah. John
0: Watson saying, my family always says Warsh instead of Wash.
1: Warsh. Oh, the R. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Some people say Washington.
1: Some people, I notice, don't say the T's. Like, there's a, a town in in the North Bay called G-R-A-T-O-N, Grayton, right? Mm-hmm. And Gra- people Gra- say Grayton. Grayton. Yeah. They, they'll they say eh, eh Well, it wouldn't of be the t. town of Grayton. Grayton. It, it, would be
0: the, it would be the own. The Alan of the of Grayton,
1: no, the T Mm -hmm. has to be embedded in the middle of the word in order. Usually, people that's where people miss it. This is getting too complicated. Yeah, I don't know linguistics. What are you gonna do? Um, today is also really important day in San Francisco history.
0: Oh, that's true. Um, November twenty seventh. That's today, nineteen seventy eight. Um, I wasn't born yet, but uh, allegedly, San Francisco Mayor George Moscone and City Supervisor Harvey Milk Milk. Milk, milk. <laughs> a gay rights activists didn't plan that. Uh, were shot to death inside City Hall by former supervisor Dan White.
1: Forty-five years ago today. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. So I know, big I days. I know that scene only because I was uh, an extra in When We Rise, which was a ABC miniseries that was about uh, the gay rights movement in San Francisco. And in the, if you watch it, um, in the scene where he shot, you you hear the gunshot, and then people are running. I'm like the businessman with the, like the sideburns and the, and the, and the, um, uh, what do you call it? Like briefcase. briefcase mm-hmm. Yeah. Running, running through city hall. So it like, it's shot from across and you can see somebody running. That's me. I
1: didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Cool.
0: It's very yeah. loud and slippery. It's very difficult to run on that. Cause it's all stone. It's like granite. It's like polished. And I yeah. had like, you know, like dress shoes and they're like run and I just had to keep on running and try not to slip.
1: Um, oh. Yeah. Well, this, Craziness. you know, the footage from that day, hard to watch. You see a yeah. uh, very shaken Diane Feinstein on the steps yeah. of City yeah. Hall. I mean, everything that happened that day and went down, it's, you know, I would say it's unbelievable. And remember the Twinkie defense after that? That's the unbelievable yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are uh, remembering back again, 45 years since that happened, let's talk about something kind of, I don't know, does it have a good ending about this? Cat stuck in a mine shaft. I hope it has a good ending. I want to say <laughs> yeah, let's talk about something just, better, but I don't, don't know how just, it ends. Like, so,
0: you don't want just like bummer animal news on a Monday? Mm-mm, uh, no. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: So, these are uh, two best buddies, but this is the dog on the left. He actually, it is a good story. It uh, has a good ending. He leaves the owner of the dog and the cat to this cat who's stuck 100 uh, feet down in a mine. Uh, Lucky Cat was rescued by firefighters after falling 100 feet down a m- mine shaft. This is in Cornwall, uh, over in uh, Great Britain. After six days of searching, Mowgli's owner, Michelle Rose, said she had almost given up hope uh, of finding her missing pet. But then she saw her dog, Daisy, going berserk, running in and out of the wa- woods near where they live in Harrowbarrow. Uh, Daisy's intervention led to the rescue of her feline friend. Check this out. Um, There's the firefighters. Daisy guided her along a footpath towards the Prince of Wales' old mine workings, she said, before stopping dead in her tracks next to the mine. Daisy is a superstar. She's an amazing dog. Without Daisy doing that, Mowgli could still be down there. Uh, She was persistent in making me follow her. It was amazing. Um, Yeah, isn't that cool? The next morning, the team, led by the RSPCA, Animal Rescue, uh, spotted Mowgli 100 feet down but remarkably uninjured, and she was pulled to uh, safety. The family has another cat, Baloo, who greeted Mowgli after he was pulled up. Ms. Rose said she had adopted the kittens, Mowgli and Baloo, in December 2022 and oversaw a gentle introduction to Daisy, who was already a resident. She added, Daisy was already a year old when the kittens arrived, and they've all been inseparable ever since. She's quite the matriarch and puts up with them. They love her, and she's very protective of them. So that's cool. Okay,
1: that's the story I needed today. Absolutely.
0: Animals behaving um, better than
1: humans. Yes, exactly. This next story, though, I think you you found just to make me look at blown up pictures of insects that's all that's the only reason this is in there is just to make me look at insects. hey you can always
0: override a story
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh i've never override you john daly this is a hercules beetle that might be this is an insect with a giant horn for love and war okay love and war if this thing came anywhere near me i would be losing my mind
0: looks like another bottle opener
1: It does, doesn't it? Hercules beetles (laughs) can grow to almost seven inches long. They are among the largest flying insects on earth. No thank you. If that thing flew anywhere near me, I would be an oh my god, running. It looks like it's sent to attack, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: Looks like it's all attack.
1: It eats rotting wood, fruit. And tree sap, so it doesn't feast on people, tree but it sap. looks really scary. Oh, that, yeah. That's why it's
0: like a can opener. It's like I, bite into the tree and
1: that's right. Suck on it. It lives in the rainforests of Central and South America, plus a few Caribbean islands. Um, the males can measure up to almost seven inches long.
0: Yeah, that was Cindy's uh, said.
1: They're really strong. They can lift objects hundreds of times their own weight. Yes. They're basically so they, like an they, insect forklift. That's why they call it the Hercules beetle. Yeah, The demigod Hercules, Hercules. was famous Hercules. for his strength. And the Hercules beetle can burrow its way out of hard ground. It can lift surprisingly heavy objects. Uh, it's well-named because you can't easily contain a Hercules beetle in your hand. You can contain its, it. Without it's forcing its way out. Seven John inches. John wants to know,
0: can you, can you train it to open his beer?
1: No, I don't think you can train it to do that.
0: Karen says there's um, a rhinoceros beetle endangering uh, in, uh, endangered, oh, in Hawaii. wow. Or endangering Hawaii.
1: Okay, I have to look that up next. We'll try to do that one tomorrow, Karen. This one, um, the males sport magnificent horns, which they use to fight other males and impress the females. The males use the two horns together like a giant pair of tweezers to grasp each other and throw each other, the strongest usually winning the female. Mm. The Hercules beetle males making a sacrifice by investing in a cumbersome, otherwise unnecessary structure that makes them vulnerable, but also more attractive.
0: Mhm. Wow.
1: Yeah. And that is the story of the Hercules beetle.
0: <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> um I was going to do this next story about um uh yeah, government surveillance of phones, but right. my um but the, I don't have a subscription to the website so the government. Oh has
1: no. Well, let me move on us. then and ask you did, <laughs> I know this game is already over, but did you see the Bratzuka?
0: I saw the photo. Yeah, I saw the photo.
1: I don't, I can't imagine that this is a good idea, shooting bratwurst into the crowd at a 49ers game. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Did somebody get hit in the eye with that thing? Whatever. But you don't want to hit a vegan. (laughs) This was the Thanksgiving night game against the Seattle Seahawks, and it featured the Bratzooka. They stick the bratwurst in these little holes you see around this canister, and they Mm -hmm. fire them off into the crowd. It's a compressed air bazooka that started firing foil-wrapped bratwurst directly into the stands during the 2022 season. This year, they brought it back along with a smaller handheld mini-zooka both of which shot sausages directly at Niners and Seahawks fans on Thanksgiving, because nothing says I'm so thankful uh, like a free Bratzuka fired at you from a far way away, right? Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a
0: little intense. Um, leave it to the Germans. Uh, they do have experience in this realm. <laughs> a little intense Germany. The yeah. Bratzuka
1: was chaotically spraying brats all over the field. Brats oh my boss. god! And then some of the players were, were sprinting around trying to catch him as well. So yeah, I thought that was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, um, funny unless you're a vegan, le-
1: or unless you could get hit with one, right?
0: Yeah, I'm just noticing that's yeah. the seahawk that has the uh, that's behind it right there. It's aiming. Oh at... yeah, 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 yeah. That's intense. Mm-hmm. Um, in case that's uh, not exactly what you want to receive, you, you might be interested in this, <laughs> this next story. About Earth receiving historic laser-beamed signal from 10 million miles away. This gives a whole new meaning to E.T. phone home. In a seminal achievement, NASA's Deep Space Optical Communications Experiment, or DSOC, has marked a significant milestone by achieving first light. The experiment successfully sent data via laser to and from a location nearly 10 million miles away, which is approximately 40 times farther than the distance between the moon and, the sun, or the moon and Earth. Uh, This represents the farthest ever demonstration of optical communications. DSOC is cutting-edge technology. It's an experiment that was deployed by NASA's Psyche uh, spacecraft, which recently embarked on a journey to the main asteroid belt situated between Mars and Jupiter. Managed by NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Southern California, DSOC is set to showcase the potential of high-bandwidth data transmission in deep space. So maybe we can, you know, get some intergalactic Netflix
1: intergalactic planetary Mm -hmm. can we get
0: fiber optic cables to our houses i mean
1: (laughs) no (laughs) you me (laughs) and the
0: aliens yeah the experiment reached its first light milestone on november uh 14th when the uh, flight laser transceiver a sophisticated instrument aboard the spacecraft successfully locked onto an uplink laser beacon transmitted from the Optical Communications Telescope Laboratory at JPL's Table Mountain Facility in California, the achievement was the result of an extensive collaboration between the DSOC and Psyche operations teams. Pretty cool. We love our space stories, right?
1: Yeah, we do. I love We love our science stories in general. And yeah. I this show has me going to the Popular Science website all the time to see if there's something interesting. And I yeah. found something I think is kind of cool. This is a story about jellyfish. All right.
0: I was gonna. Le- I left this in here because I wanted to point out that we already did it.
1: Oh, really?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're welcome. Really, John you, Daly? Apparently, you
0: don't listen to me. But go go do the story again.
1: No, we already did it. I'm not doing it now.
0: Well, now you have people intrigued because they may not have been watching. Why don't you do did... a summary of it?
1: I'll just tell you. And then. Maybe you like
0: the jellyfish, you could learn. <laughs>
1: i'm gonna come to your house and beat your bottom like a mother um apparently even without brains jellyfish learn from their mistakes lean which into it. Yeah. i thought was really interesting because yeah, if i took it out you
0: wouldn't have you wouldn't have learned from your mistake so
1: they didn't they don't have you're digging yourself a duper hole my friend yeah um they Lean into it, lean into it. They, apparently, they can learn. So they don't have brains, um, but it doesn't, apparently, you've messed me up now. So the, the their idea. brain, what they have is a cluster of nerve cells, all right, mm-hmm. that control the body that they're in. So depending on what kind of invertebrate it is, the cluster looks a little bit different. Most of these have a kind of centralized nerve center. Jellyfish are the only animals that lack the structure entirely, right? Mm. A new study shows that Caribbean box well, jellyfish... it's not a new study. In a new study, it says. <laughs> yeah, we already New study. study. New. <laughs> search- researchers showed the Caribbean Actually, Julie, box... Actually,
0: Julie D sent in this story originally. Oh, Shout out to Julie D. oh, thanks,
1: Julie D. It's so good we're doing it twice.
0: Yeah, um, that was uh, <laughs> September 28th. If we're keeping... So that was two months ago. But yeah, it's a new study.
1: The Caribbean box jellyfish can actually learn from experiences, even though they have no brain. That's it. Done. Yeah.
0: I'm just teasing you because it's fun. Yeah. yeah. And the after party is supposed to be light, right?
1: And I've had it in there for a couple of days and we haven't done it.
0: Yeah. And I was going to delete it. And I'm like, no, no, it'll be really funny if she, I just let her do it.
1: I can't
0: even with you. Let's go back to space.
1: Yes, let's go back to space and penises.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure we have not (laughs) done this story. Okay. Going to space may lead to erectile dysfunction. Uh Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) This is a new study. Cue the era
1: of female astronauts.
0: Yeah, space may mm-hmm. be the final frontier, but it may also be a highway to sexual dysfunction for future astronauts. A new study finds male astronauts may face challenges with sexual performance. After it would be weird if it was the female uh, astronauts uh, with sexual performance after return. Well, they may be the ones complaining with sexual performance after returning to Earth due to the effects of cosmic radiation and weightlessness. Researchers from Florida State University, of course, it's Florida, investigated whether space travel <laughs> adversely <laughs> impacts the vascular tis- tissues. Critical for preventing erectile dysfunction, their research, which involved experiments on rats, that's not cool, indicates that even relatively low doses of galactic cosmic radiation and, to a lesser extent, simulated weightlessness could result in long-term ED. The Uh findings point to increased oxidative stress uh, as the primary culprit behind these erectile problems. However, the study also presents a silver lining. Treatments with various antioxidants may mitigate some of these adverse effects when so you just need a man like a man
1: boosting formula something advertised on am radio right didn't we have a study (laughs) recently here on the after party live when i was paying attention right that talked about sex in space and reproduction in space being like a go it was a good thing we could do that
0: yeah if you could if you could get it up
1: oh (laughs) in more ways than one
0: yeah if if it's a launch, if the launch is successful. With manned missions <laughs> to outer space planned for the coming years, this work indicates that sexual health should be closely monitored in astronauts upon their return to Earth, says one of the study's authors. Uh, while the negative impacts of galactic cosmic radiation were long-lasting, functional improvements induced by acutely targeting the uh, the redox and nitric oxide pathways in the tissue suggest uh, that the erectile dysfunction may be treatable. Huh, so, okay. there you go.
1: Interesting.
0: I think that's all the space news we have for today.
1: Have you noticed that Google Maps is different? No, it is totally different. Oh, yeah, they changed the colors. They changed some things around. So the water changed color too. It used to be that the roads were yellow. Now the roads are gray with some blue undertones. Right, it's um, kind of hard to see
0: the outline. It was road.
1: they used to be kind of like a tannish, yellowish color on yeah. the left, yeah. and now they're more gray. They stand out against the water, which they put uh, as a lighter blue. Um, Less yellow-orange pins for restaurants stand out much more. So that's why they changed it to gray. That
0: water does not look realistic. It looks very like Disney.
1: (laughs) It does look like a beautiful Caribbean island.
0: Yeah, something.
1: The changes apparently are pretty noticeable. And you know what people do? They get into these things where they just want it the same. And so when you change something, people freak out. Oh, yeah. And so I guess they've gotten a lot of pushback on that whole updated Google Map color thing. Honestly, if they hadn't have told me, I probably wouldn't have even have noticed.
0: I would have noticed the gray lines. The gray? I, I mean, don't like maybe. It. I don't like You can't really see the outline because there's no contrast. It's not enough contrast. It's like gray with a gray outline, right? right? The border of the road is gray and then the... It's, it's Was it gray. not
1: better than the than the tan or yellow? It, yeah, look at look at the yellow. More.
0: You can see the you can see the gray line down the middle, right? You can see the line like I don't know, it's just less distinct.
1: always oh, oh, you're talking about from which side of the road is which.
0: Well, like you could see the individual lanes like both sides of both directions of traffic on the yellow, mm-hmm. right? There's yeah. there's a divider. On the gray, it's just one big gray lump. So from a design standpoint, I don't see that as an improvement
1: actually one side is lighter gray and the other side is kind of a darker charcoal gray but yeah okay perhaps is it i think the, mm-hmm. well there the
0: line is darker but there's not enough contrast is what i'm mm. saying not enough contrast i say no
1: Can you say no see i don't think it's a big deal it it all looks fine well similar i don't think it's me. an improvement mm. which is i mean i don't I think it's kind of meh. It surprises me that people care so much about it, but yep, it's changed. So if you're going into your Google Maps and things look a little bit different, that yep, you're you're not wrong. It it is. It's changed. Well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, this next story. (laughs) This next story is kind of funny, because if you don't care about Google Maps, you're probably one of these people. Um, straight. Through the bushes, a Google, Google Maps leads Californians into the desert during a dust storm. Oh, great. So these people were leaving Las Vegas and coming back into the California. And of course, they were Californians. A group of Californians went to enjoy the recent Formula One racetrack in uh, Las Vegas, mm-hmm. but they weren't expecting to go off-roading on the way back. Shelby uh, Easler, her brother Austin, and their significant others were headed back to Los Angeles on November 4, uh, 19th. Um, when they used Google Maps, instead of taking Interstate 15, the major highway connecting Southern California to Sin City, the app suggested that they take an alternate route to avoid a dust storm that caused major Sunday traffic delays. Uh, we ironically thought it would be a safer option, and it did say we'd be going 50, 50 minutes faster, she told SFGate. It was our first time driving to and from Vegas, so we didn't know that you can really only take I-15 back and forth. Mm. Yeah, so look, look, they're on like a dirt like just not even a road. It's just like a, no. like a lane through the through the chaparral. Um, Google Maps took the car far off the highway and into Nevada's fierce deserts on off-roading trail. Yeah, it's a trail, off-roading trail. Uh, Easler's car, was. Uh, they were not the only bushwhackers. In the viral TikTok video, a trail of cars follow closely uh, behind them. And then they ended up relying on a truck that came in that was driving over everything just to tell them to stop. Uh, the first driver, it turned around Talk to us to tell us the road gets washed out the higher you get, in, you get into the mountain and we have to turn around since the path leads nowhere. He was in a huge truck and he was just driving straight through the bushes and shrubs to let everybody know to turn around. I'm sorry. But like if you look at this, look at this. Like why? You have to engage your brain at some point. Mm-hmm. Stop relying on technology. There was a story a long time ago. And this guy, he worked for CNET. Do you remember the guy who he and his family, they they perished? Or at least yeah. he perished. I think the whole family may have perished. They were coming back from Oregon and they, they took like a forest service trail or service road and one of the right. gates had been left open, so they went down. Um and these are not the type of roads you're supposed to be traveling over. No. You know, these are like fire access roads. These are not you no know, everyday travel. But at some point, come on. If you if you were if you turned on and you saw that, right, wouldn't you know better than to keep going? I would down be that?
1: thinking we're not going the right way. Or right. Remember, there We're was a man that also drove right over a, a bridge that had collapsed because the map hadn't been updated in a long time, even though people had, you know, emailed the map service and said, hey, right. listen, the map isn't wrong. The bridge is washed out. It's not been fixed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very, very sad. Um, Beth remembers Huge. that
1: story. Oh, yeah. Oh. Bogged down in the snow. Huge <gasps> oh. thank you to Deborah B for a $10 super thank sticker. You. Yeah, we really appreciate you supporting the show. Um, We are a small budget operation, so -hmm. so
0: every dollar helps. Yeah. Helps.
1: Help us us find new stories. Did we do this one yet, John Daly? The sea worm reproduction (laughs) story? No, no, we haven't. I thought this was interesting. The way sea worms reproduce is they detach their butts, and it goes swimming off in search of another butt. I'm not even joking. Wait, wait, what? Uh-huh. It's These the gra- like- Japanese green silid worm. It detaches its butt in order to reproduce. It's really an interesting way they do it. Some segmented sea worms, like the silid worm, go through a reproductive process called stolonization. The stolen is the worm's posterior organ, and it's full of eggs or sperm, depending on the worm's gender. During stolenization, the stolen completely detaches from the rest of the worm's body for reproduction. And then... The detached butt swims around by itself and spawns when it meets another stolen of the opposite sex. So wow. the butt the butts meet completely without you. The autonomous swimming is believed to protect the original body of the worm from dangers in the environment and help the eggs and sperm travel longer distances. So it's they in just order, don't have
0: time, they don't have time to date.
1: They don't. And so they just send their butt off to go get it done. But listen to this.
0: Working your ass in, off. <laughs>
1: In order to swim by themselves, the stolen have to develop their own eyes, their own antenna, and Wait, swimming what? bristles while still attached to the original body. Okay. Their own so eyes. now you've got eyes on your head and eyes on your butt, and antennas on your head and it antenna really on your of its butt. Own. It really does. <laughs> Get your head out of your ass. This how how <laughs> this happens has been a mystery. The formation of the stolen itself begins when the gonads near the worm's butt mature. A We're head is then formed in the front <laughs> of the developing stolen with eyes, antenna, and swimming bristles following closely behind it hey, Where are you it. going? We're going to a party. It develops its nerves and the ability to sense and behave independently before the stolen detaches from the rest of the body. Oh, I just man. wanted to tell you that because I found it fascinating. Yeah, mm-hmm. that
0: is interesting. You know what else is interesting? Jim Slayton, $5 <laughs> from one from small one... budget to another small budget, from one small budget to another small budget.
1: <laughs> oh, so nice said it twice. Thanks, Jim. Five ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Thank you for that super sticker. Thank you. Thanks for supporting us. Yeah, the even after though party I just told is, uh,
0: you the after party live is on sale today. It's fifty percent off. Is
1: it fifty percent yeah. off? Yes. Um talk to me about animals at the airport.
0: Yeah. So have you ever tried to take an animal through an airport or on the no. Well the the headline in the uh, SF gate says SFO have workers process No. Okay. Uh Archie would not be down for that. SFO worker has processed a kangaroo, walrus, uh, through TSA, but this pet was the hardest. And yeah, it would be like Archie. A quick way to make an enemy out of a stranger during Thanksgiving travel is to hold up security due to a mishap, but especially one with your house pet. <laughs> That's why a worker with over a decade of experience at SFO reached out to SFGate to share tips on how to best travel with a pet. Um, duh, 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 duh. They're not supposed to talk to the press. Uh, they're, they're These are like... Um, So this is is a
1: case of anonymity? Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 Uh, In all their years working at the checkpoint, they said the toughest animals to process, in fact, are more domestic than exotic. At SFO, I've screened cats, dogs, baby kangaroo, baby walrus, baby walrus, and a baby alligator. The exotic animals belonged to zookeepers, uh, but Mm -hmm. the hardest pet to deal with, the humble house cat. That's right. Cats, it turns out, don't like that. Uh, sometimes bite and scratch their owners when removed from their carrier so that an officer can inspect it. Moreover, cats are quick and can create a line backup when they scuttle away. Cats, when they're frightened, take off. That's what happened on Thursday. I saw a lady run as fast as she could. Somebody else had a frisky dog who wasn't housebroken. Clean up, lane two, and now multiply that by 50 on Thanksgiving week. Why are people traveling with their pets like that? Unless you have to, and like you're moving. Well, the, in uh, some
1: cases they're legitimate service animals, but in yeah, some but cases these, people might yeah. be moving.
0: Yeah, these are different. You though. know, I think if you're if you have a service service animal, you're used to it. You have like you know everything worked out. Yeah. Um. The employee said that the best way to avoid the issues is to acclimate the pet before traveling would have like a faux airplane at home. Uh, practice carrying mm-hmm. the animal in a crate a few times so that it will experience the process. Uh, have a TSA pretend to be a TSA officer. Uh, put them in a carrier for a short lengths of time to get them familiar with it and feeling comfortable. When the time comes to go through airport security, prearrange uh, with the airline. If the pet is traveling with you on the flight, consider using a leash to avoid having to run um, after the animal if it gets out. Or worse, in case it sends you to seek medical treatment before a flight. Some airlines require larger pets to travel in the cargo hold in a portable kennel, which is called uh, shipping your pet. Um, yeah, and they're saying like people who travel on holidays are not frequent travelers typically and don't understand that their cat... Has to be in a carrier for hours. So
1: and yeah. I didn't know that they have to check the carrier, but it would make sense that they want to make sure you're not, you know, carrying contraband in there or whatever. Right. right. So like a yeah. terrorist animal. <laughs> I mean, I'm takes you know, stranger things have happened, right? Where people have put things on their shoes and yeah. in in their bodies. So yeah. I feel
0: like I'm a very easy traveler. It's like I have a carry-on, that's it. And I just get on the plane, I sit down, I shut up.
1: No, yeah, very, very <laughs> non-complaintative. Do. Sit down. Yeah.
0: Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> get from
1: point A to point B. Get. You don't off have to run up yourself. and down the
0: aisle. You don't have to urinate over all. You don't have no. to like scream. No.
1: You don't have to run out on the on the wing of the plane celebrating. Yeah. Um, Gen Z.
0: Speaking of wild animals,
1: is not prepared for envir- the professional work environment. Oh, yeah, I believe that. 40% of business leaders say recent graduates are unprepared for the workforce. They say Gen Z spends a large portion of time on social media. They've been isolated. And yeah. so now there are people holding classes for Gen Z students looking to improve their social skills. Mm-hmm. Uh Mm-hmm. This is one of those things where because of the way the covid pandemic hit people and because of technology that you know they just don't have as much social interaction i guess and so you hire someone as a salesperson and they don't have that natural ability to just talk to people about anything right Right.
0: it's all emojis They're probably really and...
1: good at sending an email <laughs> or a text but that's about it so yeah now that there's young adults taking classes on how to make small talk so oh, man it's interesting um and, and job interviews as well, because you know you have to look at someone, make eye contact in a job interview, and they say it can be tough and stressful. I think we all know that. A recent survey by Intelligent found 40% of business leaders believe recent college grads are not prepared for professional environments. Many walk into into an interview with headphones on. They don't know how to shake hands. They don't know how to make eye contact or actively engage in conversation. And a part of it is because their social life has really revolved around using their phones. Other people say students spent a large amount of time at home during the pandemic rather than in person at school. And these things have held them back socially. So recent graduates struggle with writing cover letters, replying to messages on time. Uh, Those are all the skills they need for an in-person conversation. So now they have to go to small talk school and learn it all. Small talk school. Mm-hmm. Hey, they've
0: they've mastered styling their hair, and now they have to learn how to talk.
1: That's right. This next you way know you put it, it. Oh yeah, go. I was just gonna say what's interesting is I would say that my kids don't have this problem because I've never noticed that they don't make eye contact with me or that they're not able to hold a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. But then we were at a talent show, and a girl walked up that Julia knew, and she was ta- they were talking to each other, but they were looking in different directions. And mm. I thought, why are they not looking at each other while they're speaking to each other? That's so they're bizarre. At their phones. Yeah. So I had to talk to her afterward and say, when you're talking to someone, you need to make eye contact with that. person. Did
0: you say chit chit chit?
1: Chit chit chit. <laughs> I I I. Yeah. <laughs> this next story
0: you put in here. Do you have a photo to go with it? You wanted me to do this.
1: Oh, I'll find you that know, I'll for you. All right.
0: Yeah. yeah. This is um... this is
1: this is the story of all stories. This is the craziest thing you know when you are going to welcome in as we've talked about before with after school programs yeah. when you're going to welcome in one thing you have to welcome in all things and sometimes that means welcoming in like, some things like you ne- don't necessarily want like we're werewolves. not you don't have to let
0: everyone into your house
1: no not everyone but some people right
0: <laughs> apparently i love dead air me of well,
1: you can do the story while I put in the picture. How about that? Oh, okay.
0: Let's do that. Um, yeah, I'll I'll click on the thing and then I'll start reading. Quivering GOP lawmaker wigs out over satanic trees for Christmas. Re- uh, Representative Mike Gallagher is mocked after delivering one hell of a hot take on Christmas trees. A Republican congressman wasn't happy that a Wisconsin event featured dozens of uniquely decorated Christmas trees, one with a Satan theme. I wouldn't take my kids to it now. I wouldn't want them surrounded by satanic trees. Repub- uh, Representative Mike Gallagher griped on Fox News during a discussion of the National Railroad Muse- Muse- Museum's Festival of Trees in Green Bay. Uh, the devil has my tongue. The, uh, the <laughs> event features more than 70 trees, each decorated by a different group or local business. We have everything from a tree with hardware on it, a tea tree. We have a Lego tree, um, according to the museum CEO. It's a lot of different organizations promoting their business. She said the goal was to be inclusive, but Gallagher slammed it as woke, offensive, and upside-down cultural propaganda. I thought that Northeast uh, Wisconsin was at least immune to some something you might see in New York or California. Oh, no. But we might need to be as vigilant with, as parents, he said on Fox News. Satan is not actually the point of the treaty. In fact, the Satanic Temple's Wisconsin chapter, like many modern Satanist groups, doesn't uh, actually believe in the devil, much less worship him. The organization reminded people on Facebook that they consider Satan more of a literary character that we admire as a mascot. <laughs> so the tree decorating is a fun and rewarding holiday tradition um, with roots in paganism. According to the group, we decorated the tree to celebrate our own winter holiday. Um, so do we have a photo? Yeah, here it is. Okay, are you ready for it? Wait,
1: what? So you can see satanic? like... Look at the bottom like oh. you can see the pentagram a, and all these yeah. symbols on the various ornaments are satan related. So here's the question I have. And I get that because it's a community event and you're letting all the different organizations do their own tree that you that means you have to welcome everyone. However, a Christmas tree is technically a symbol of the Christian holiday, right? And so is it rude to co opt someone else's symbol for your own. Well, I the, mean, the Christians
0: if, already co opted it. It's not, it doesn't have its if, roots. Like, you know, if you say is. a pe-
1: it's if, a pagan. That's true. It's a paganism, exactly. Yeah. But if you said that nobody
0: co-ops and, better than a Catholic Church.
1: We co-opt the Christmas tree for everything. We have a, you know, my mom has a Halloween tree. Sometimes right. we hang hearts on a little, you know, fake tiny little tree as well. She's got a, a ficus tree, and she decorates mm-hmm. it for every holiday. So it's kind of like a tree idea. A Starbucks idea. uses it to
0: get people to shut up.
1: My sister has a, a my niece, her, her birthday's in January. And so they leave the Christmas tree up, take the decorations off of it and make it into a birthday tree, right? But if you're using it for another religion, does then that cross a boundary or a line? Because you could have, I mean, take that pentagram hanging off the bottom of the tree there on the left. So say that's the symbol of Satanism, Right. What if some other religion took that symbol and co-opted it for their own religion? I mean, do you cross a line when you start taking religious symbolism and turning it into something else?
0: Yeah. Comments here on Twitter uh, in response uh, to Fox. They say, my God, these people are perpetual victims of their own making. How tiresome uh, someone else. Once again, Fox News is the only network you can count on to cover the stories that really matter.
1: Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Do you like my tree? I thought I'd go with red this year, then two grams. <laughs> I got Some people... presents. Just sign right here. Just sign on the line and I'll give you your present. Some people say, oh, Melania's take on Christmas tree with a hall of red trees. That it reminds them of that. Yep. Um... A request for the Satan voice. Thank you so yeah, much, $3 Louise. $3. Yes, Louise. Uh Karen wants to know. Shout wait, out isn't to Louise biggest fan? <laughs> big fan. Thank you. Isn't Satan a part of us? Uh, Christianity writes Karen. Yes, right. I am. That's right. Bitches, come on down. Spend some time. <laughs> William says, "Pagan. You're right. It is pagan. So it was co-opted by the Christians, right? That's right." You no know party like an underworld party. You know it's a better party. <laughs> than the door. after party i don't know yeah a, Come on. yeah a lot of people saying this is all what about paganism oh, yeah. <laughs> yes most christmas has little to do with christianity yeah even it's, it's about date. presents yeah that's right yeah um ooh, the nazis co-opted an indian symbol for the swastika writes laurie that's true there's a lot of co-opting right yeah, that's um, all over
0: the world like if you go on speaking of Google Maps uh, you, you go through Asia you'll see like the temples are like swastikas mm-hmm. on the on the it's map. It's interesting, because, isn't it? Yeah, cuz it comes from the Buddhists. It's a it was a Buddhist
1: symbol. Well, remember there was a a cottage in somewhere, I want to say Santa Cruz Mountains or Santa Clara area and it was used for a summer camp and it was a, built in the 20s or 30s. And had one of those symbols on it. And they recently had to get rid of that cancel the camp to take it away, right? Because people didn't get that it wasn't a swastika. Mama Day Three Boys writes, I worked for an after-school program for seven years. Anything related to religion or sex off limits. And that was at a public school. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't have a problem with the Satan tree to you.
0: No, I don't. I I do. I don't have a problem with it. I think Satan wants us to take a break, though.
1: Oh, oh, well, what Satan wants apparently he gets. We will take a <laughs> break kind of and we will be, <laughs> we'll be right back here. Oh, wait, <laughs> you you take it away. This is the After Party <laughs>
0: Satan doesn't Live. want the tree to go away. <laughs> no. the After Party Live is underwritten by our audience and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute 10, 15 or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the about section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration.
1: Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. Humongous thank you to our ongoing supporters and contributors, Brian V., Kathleen G., (coughs) Meredith D., and Pamela K., (coughs) You guys, we are so thankful for you. Thank you for helping us out here on the After Party Live. Deborah B with a $10 super sticker today. Also rolling in with Jim Slayton's $5 contribution to the show. Thank Big you. Huge. <laughs> Big shout out to all of you from me and my my pal over here. Yes. Thank, Thank you for paying <laughs> for this equipment. Without- Happy holidays. Without your funding, I wouldn't be here.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, to some entertainment news.
0: Yeah, so this is an entertainment story um, that we held over that we actually didn't do. Um, mm-hmm. This is about an actor who I wasn't familiar with, Hill Harper. He's leaving yeah. The Good Doctor as he runs for Senate, reportedly exiting The Good Doctor amid the actor's Democratic bid for Michigan's uh, Senate seat. The performer who plays Dr. Marcus Andrews on the ABC drama won't be appearing in the show's upcoming seventh season, which was... Um, according to TV Line. Uh, Harper feels strongly that there is a crisis in American democracy. Too often, government only works for the rich and powerful, while the rest of us struggle to find a voice, according to his spokesperson. Hill is dedicated, dedicating his efforts full-time to fixing that, and he's running for the U.S. Senate as an active union member to give uh, working people more of a voice in Congress. So his campaign didn't immediately respond to a request for a comment, but the 57-year-old CSI New York alum announced in July that he was entering the race for uh, Senate, um, the political newcomer faces a Democratic primary bid against Re- Representative Elisa Al- Elisa Slotkin from Michigan. Hmm, uh, in, okay. case you're, in case you're tracking Michigan politics,
1: so he's a really good actor, and he was great on the the Good Doctor. Yeah, did yeah. you ever watch that show? It's really good. Uh,
0: I think I saw I uh, like the first couple episodes. But he is the yeah. only U.S. senator who is currently a dues-paying, card-carrying union member. Um, did
1: he? He's running, right? He's not. Is he a senator yet?
0: Um. yeah let's see. oh no so he owns a, D- a Detroit coffee shop okay. see, ha- let let me read this backwards <laughs> <I skipped laughs> interesting the Harper told the D- Detroit News when announcing his Senate run that he's a member of the Screen Actors Guild and owns a Detroit right. coffee shop which would yeah. make him the only U.S. Senator right, who is right. currently a uh, dues-paying card-carrying union member
1: and right. he's running as a Democrat I would assume as a Democrat yeah okay all right Right. I guess I and shouldn't as assume anything but owner. But yeah. awesome okay yeah. Uh, Linda Evangelista, you know, her yes. as a, a former supermodel, uh, w- although once you're a supermodel, are you always a supermodel? I don't know. Mm, you might lose that. She's now in her fifties and she says she's not interested in dating anymore because she says, I don't want to hear somebody breathing.
0: <laughs> Whoa.
1: <laughs> she is 58. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. Do we know she's... what happened to her last ex? I don't know. But, you know, sometimes you are you get used to being on your own, right? You get used to having quiet and you don't want to lay in bed and hear somebody next to you wheezing, coughing, whatever. She's 58. She says she's not interested in dating. I don't want to sleep with anyone anymore, she said. I don't want to hear somebody breathing next to me. Wow. I, <laughs> I just therapy. thought that was really funny. I mean, it's such a random thing to worry about. You know, yeah. of all the things, she was previously married to the head of elite model management. Would uh, you stop breathing? <laughs> he was. She was twenty-two, <laughs> and he was thirty-seven. All right, so they were married for a while and i guess when you marry an older guy maybe they they breathe more deeply i don't know she said i was clueless absolutely clu- clueless there had to be something endearing to fall for uh, she said of their relationship but she said her ex-husband physically abused her during their marriage she felt encouraged to speak out after the accusations of sexual misconduct um during the you know the um the, kind of the moment where all these women were stepping forward is when she did as well.
0: Yeah, the Me Too moment.
1: Mm, yeah, I think I was searching for that and couldn't find it. Uh, van, on Google the tip it. of my tongue, but there was something, just to see, I'm I'm the one getting old over here. Google and it. wheezing and gasping. Uh, she, yeah, she says she's just done. She's really, truly done and doesn't want to hear point, anyone. Though. There's a difference
0: between dating and sleeping. You don't have to sleep with somebody just to date them.
1: Although one would argue that if you date someone and that eventually leads to romance, that they will be in your bed with you. And at some point you will be laying together. Or maybe just casually
0: go on dates and allow people to keep breathing. (laughs) Keeps you away from the homicide.
1: I guess so. Yeah. Doesn't want to hear you breathing. So Linda Evangelista, I guess maybe she's going to stay single unless she can find somebody who breathes really quietly.
0: Thank you for the comment, Beth. And thank you for 999. Wow,
1: thank you. That's so thank nice. Thank you, Beth
0: Farmer. We appreciate it. We appreciate you.
1: Speaking of dating.
0: Yeah. 64% of men say this is their number one dating red flag. Well, Can you guess what, what, is what it, it is? Did you already read it? No. Can you guess? Can you guess? What is
1: uh number one red flag, Ooh, red flag for, for dating? Yeah. Um someone asking you questions about marriage. Nope or children
0: i don't think anyone is gonna get this so i'm just gonna hmm, okay. give it away according to a recent survey by change research the biggest dating red flag for men and it's 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 very it's a very red flag is when someone identifies as a communist oh <laughs> really <laughs> a whopping 64 percent said the political leaning would be a turn off uh, communism is a far left ideology of course you don't know that how uh, many that, people
1: I say on their go out on a date and say, "Oh, P.S. I'm a communist." Really? I'm a
0: commie, baby. I advocates for all wealth and property to be communally uh, owned. Maybe if you're like off on some kind of, um, I don't know, like a cult property up in Mendocino <laughs> or something like that. Coming in at second place, can you guess what it is?
1: Uh, a socialist.
0: No, <laughs> not having any hobbies.
1: Uh, really?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> huh, right. All right. Followed by, you could guess this one. It's also red.
1: Uh, represented by Being a, a Satanist? Red hat red oh, hat. Oh, being a Trumper.
0: A MAGA Republican. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: You, that might drive me away. Yeah, Unless I was already than, married to the person, and then we'd have yeah. to really have a discussion. Then yeah. comes
0: breathing. Oh, uh, no. Uh, half, mm. More than half, 55% of women said identifying as a communist is a red flag, but other socio-political <laughs> stances were more problematic. Potential partners saying that they're Uh, that there are only two genders or saying that all lives matter were both bigger red flags Mm. than being a communist so was having no hobbies being a maga republican was the biggest red flag with 76 percent of women saying that is not a desirable trait
1: (laughs) yes no thank you
0: the survey results demonstrate a broader trend of men and women having increasingly divergent political views in 2021 44 percent of women identified as liberal while only 25 really only 25 percent of men According to the survey for American life, a decade ago, it was 30 percent of women and 27 percent of men identified as a liberal. I find that interesting. There must be a large percentage that don't identify as anything because uh, Republicans are a minority. Um, People who date someone politically dissimilar are generally less satisfied. As the gap widens, it gets harder and harder to imagine dating someone who exists across it. You see conservative or liberal on a dating profile and you're attaching a slew of other beliefs to it. Uh, when you look back to the 90s, there were plenty of moderate Republicans and plenty of liberal Republicans, he says, but the, uh, this is a, a director of the survey. The political categories didn't map onto ideological categories as neatly as they do today. Now your views on abortion predict your views on the same-sex marriage and diversity and the war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so thought that I was mean, interesting. I
1: think when you first meet each other and you start dating and you realize you're diametrically opposed on what you think about politics and what you think about the world. That's kind yeah. of a key that maybe you don't mesh, but over time people change and people grow. And maybe politics hadn't been important to you but then it becomes important to you and then you start diverging from the person yeah. that you married, right? And then what do you do? I know we've seen in the chat that some people are married to others uh to some to, you know, husbands wives whatever that have a completely different political opinion than them. And they yeah. have to learn to kind of deal with each other. And avoid the topic, maybe sometimes. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what you do.
0: Yeah, you those um, those power couples on CNN. Was it was it Mary Madeline, and oh, um, and James Carvel. Mm-hmm. James Carvel. Um, yeah, yeah. They're. I don't know.
1: Some people don't care. It, it can be done. Yeah, you know? we had a
0: former boss, um, program director whose wife was a conservative talk show host.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I never got the feeling that he was that conservative, or you know that kind of stringent about it all so i right. don't know um you know
0: and then like over time people can like um kind of change their political views like apparently ronald reagan was not very conservative and then it was nancy who like turned him into that you know the super republican oh i didn't um, know that interesting yeah especially towards the end when he wasn't really you know, compass mentis he, cognizant she, yeah she was uh, pulling <laughs> with all the it strings. Yeah. she was falling all six well nancy gonna tell me what to do Oh, um, Karen
1: says political beliefs reflect morals, ethics issues, so it's very relevant. Hmm.
0: Yeah, especially you are like, oh, so you have a YouTube channel? Oh,
1: oh, okay. Luis writes, having no job <laughs> is a red flag. Agreed. That's almost the same. That's
0: almost the same thing. So you yeah. have a YouTube channel? Uh huh. You're YouTube. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you do what? You're a YouTuber? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, this will maybe will be our last story. I don't know, but there's. Oh this... no, we have plenty of time. Okay, good. Okay, there's this story. I really Mm -hmm. want to do this one. Because this Catholic priest is being relieved of duty Mm -hmm. for granting a singer permission to shoot a music video in the church. The singer is Sabrina Carpenter. All right? And this is the Diocese of Brooklyn where this happened. They have removed Monsignor Jamie Gigantiello from his post at Our Lady of Mount Carmel Annunciation Parish because of Wait, her music Mount video. Mount Carmel. Our Lady of Mount Carmel Annunciation Parish.
0: Well, you enunciated that very nicely. Thank you very it's a much. Strange name.
1: Um the music video she shot in the church is for her feather music video. It came out on Halloween, which should tell you something, all right? It's a gory yet um, girly video called Feather, and it was bookended by funeral-inspired scenes filmed in the church. Mm -hmm. The video Mm -hmm. features Carpenter as she, honest to God, I don't even know, this is creative art, okay? So, whatever. Whatever. The video features Carpenter leading men into traffic. She stirs mm. up a bloody gym brawl. She mm. traps someone in an elevator to their apparent death. So it's oh, basically yeah. her leading people to their death all yeah. throughout the video. What
0: would Jesus, too. Book
1: ended by scenes Mm-mm. at the church. And the people saw this and they're like, wait a minute. This is not how we want our church to be portrayed. Right. Um, death church. No. So afterwards, she. Puts on this black tulle dress, like like you know, fluffy dress, mm-hmm. and a lace veil, skipping up and down the center aisle of the church, dancing in front of pastel adorned altar, surrounding uh, surrounded by softly colored coffins. It ends with Carpenter, who by the way is a former Disney Channel star, driving away from the church in a hot pink hearse. Mm, yeah, Congregants be... and clergy members. Outraged.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be happy. If that the
1: Diocese outraged. of Brooklyn said it was appalled by the video in a statement to the Catholic News Agency. The statement said Monsignor Gigantiello disregarded policy regarding the filming on church property. I love
0: that there's a Catholic News Agency.
1: <laughs> totally. But it they, involves... of course,
0: didn't cover the biggest story, which was like diddling with kids. But there's a Catholic Ugh. News Agency. Not no. really into the investigative reporting.
1: Well, apparently they protect their own because Monsignor Gigantello Gigantello was supposed to review the scenes in the script before he approved anything well, can you tell and apparently us about the scenes? he did not approve the scenes from the script. <laughs> Oops. Uh they had a a service, I guess, attended by 50 people who were very visibly upset about what had been filmed inside their church. Uh they had to quote, restore the sanctity of the church and repair the harm done and the desecrated parish by the ouster of the Monsignor. So
0: like an exorcism, like be gone, devil.
1: Yeah, he's genuinely sorry. I'm genuinely sorry. And I deeply regret the incident that took place and any distress that my actions have caused. Apologize to the Catholic community and out he goes to another church to do more harm.
0: Yeah, yeah, That's what they do. <laughs> Shuffle them around. Uh, this next story, if you want to b- live longer, try being a better friend. Oh. One key to long life is healthy friendships. Meaningful friendships are the one common factor in the world's blue zones. Those are the areas around the world where people live longer to 100 or older. Indeed, yeah. friendships, um, our friendships become more important than our family relationships as we age. So it's really as we age, so it's important to invest wisely. But how exactly? Uh, As we get older, we naturally tend to focus less on having a large quantity of friends and more on having high-quality connections. By quality, I mean relationships where you feel like you matter, you feel authentic, and there's reciprocity, according to this expert. Uh, Both people are considering their needs and the other person's needs at the same time. As people focus on more quality connections, they end up being happier. If you want to be happier in your friendships, uh, Franco encourages—this is the expert talking— that you be more intentional about— Uh, who you spend your time with and ensure that you're bringing out the best in each other. Um, these uh, will be friendships where you feel most like your true self and there's a mutual investment. That You talk through your conflict. If you ever quietly quit a friendship, then you may tense up at the thought of sharing your true feelings with a friend. While conflict is unavoidable, it doesn't have to be a death sentence when it comes to relationships. A lot of times in friendship, it ends because we don't make the unsaid said, and it tends to hover over us uh, to where this issue may have seemed small, and then then it makes us more disengaged or withdrawn um, around friends. But before you run down a list of all your friends' wrongs, uh, Franco reminds us that it's not just about bringing up issues. It's about doing it in an intentional way. You always need to be kind toward your friend, even when you're in conflict. So put in an S sandwich, as Kim likes to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could frame it as, hey, mm-hmm. you mean a lot to me, and this has been on my mind. I didn't want to create a distance between us, so this is why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. Uh, in an ideal scenario, you're able to give your friend a heads up. Uh, that there's an important issue that you'd like to discuss, so that they're not caught off guard. It's also important that when you open any up, open up uh, to any feedback your friend may have uh, to share with you as well, uh, that you're open to any feedback. Sorry, so there you go. But you have to Something also to
1: know your friend. Like maybe your friend isn't open to feedback, you know, or maybe they, you know, they're sensitive. So you have to kind of figure that all out. But I, Are I agree. Are you giving me a message? No, I just think (laughs) friendships are really important Maybe stop giving
0: the feedback, John.
1: Maybe it's not appreciated. (laughs) Have you ever quietly quit a friend?
0: Yeah. I also do this thing, which is, I guess, kind of passive-aggressive. But I won't unfriend them on Facebook because I don't want them to, like, know. I don't want to give them the satisfaction. Because it's pretty evident when you stop hanging out with somebody. But I don't want them to know that I, like, actively thought about the fact that we're not friends anymore so i just i won't unfriend them on facebook
1: oh i don't know if that's See, to me that's i don't necessarily like you as much as i used to but i don't i don't care about you enough to unfriend you
0: yeah but i mean but if you do unfriend them and they see you posted like you see your photo in someone else's post and they see that you're no longer friends then they'll Mm. know and then it creates drama
1: yeah hmm uh, interesting. All right. So, do we have time for any more, or is that yeah, it? We have thirty okay. seconds. Go. What makes what makes a person sexy?
0: Uh, being able to finish a story in twenty seconds.
1: Oh, what makes a person sexy <laughs> is not necessarily looks related. It might okay. not have to do with how attractive a person is. Instead, Phew. it might have to do a little more with uh, whether. <laughs> With whether you have a good personality, with um your whether you're friendly, right, all these other things make a person more sexy than or are as important to making a person sexier than looks. So, you could be, uh, according to this study, you could be hmm, meh in the looks department, but if you have a great personality, you're kind then all of a sudden people get to know you and they see the inside you and you become really sexy. So, yeah. There you go. 20 seconds or less. What makes a person sexy? Personality, baby. That's right. You did it. Mm-hmm. That's
0: really sexy. Knowing knowing how to hit a like a hard hard uh, close. Yeah. Yeah, like a hard break. Yeah.
1: Hit the post and off we go. <laughs> <The> Thank San Francisco, you to everyone San Jose, Oakland. <laughs> thank you to everyone who's contributed to the show today and your ongoing contributions. We really appreciate it. As we really start this whole uh, now run up to the holidays, we can't thank you enough for your kindness and your contributions and your generosity. We will see you right back here tomorrow. Hopefully I can find another story that makes John kickstart the Satan voice. I'm going to work really hard at that tonight. Thank you to <laughs> I hope Deborah. You guys
0: for $10. Yay! Thank you Jim for $5. Thank you to Beth for $10. Thank you ongoing contributors Brian V, Kathleen, yeah. Kathleen G, Meredith B and Pamela K. Yay,
1: thank you to Kim cute. McAllister. Thank you. thank you to John Daly and thank thanks everyone for, the for spending the hour with audience. us. We'll see you back here tomorrow on the After Party Live. Bye everybody.
0: Have a great afternoon. Out of time. Bye bye. <laughs>